From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. To be able to do that. So we are in Genesis. Oh man, I talk too much. We are in Genesis uh, chapter 49. And um, in Genesis chapter four, in Genesis chapter forty-nine, uh, Jacob is very, very ill. Uh, he's close to death, and now he is going to bless his sons. He has twelve sons, and uh, each of these twelve sons are going to receive a blessing. And uh, if you'll remember, Jacob received a blessing from his father Isaac. Uh, the blessing was supposed to go to his brother Esau. But instead, Jacob tricked his father, got the blessing instead. And so this blessing that Jacob had meant for Esau actually went to, the blessing that Isaac meant for Esau actually went to Jacob. And it was a beautiful blessing. Oh my goodness, it was filled with joy and love and future forward looking. May the, you know, may the heavens open up for you. May it be wonderful. And since he took that blessing, then it came to time for the blessing for Esau. And Esau's blessing really wasn't a blessing at all. It was more like, you're going to be cursed. I mean, it was really kind of a sad thing. So I think Jacob remembers this. I mean, he remembers his blessing. He remembers the blessing for Esau. And I think for Jacob then, this blessing uh, is more of an opportunity to be open and honest and truthful and speak the truth um, to his sons. That's really what it appears to me when I look at this blessing of his sons. It's really speaking the truth. And um, you've heard people talk about deathbed confessions where maybe they speak the truth on their deathbed. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do for my children when it comes my time to, to pass on. Uh, I would love to give them each a blessing that is uniquely for them. Uh, and maybe, you know, I've got another 10, 15, 20, 30, I don't know how many years I've got to work on this blessing, so I'm not, it's not happening right away. Um, but uh, I really would like to uh, give some thought to what that blessing should be and speak the truth, uh, speak about what I enjoy about each of my kids, what I see in each of my kids, uh, what I pray God does in them in the future. Um, and we've talked about this before, but what I really want to do for my grandchildren, every time they come over to visit, when they go to, to leave me, I'd love to place my hands on their heads um, and, and give them a blessing before they leave. Uh, that's what John Maxwell's grandfather, John Maxwell is a Christian author also, he's a pastor, and his grandfather would do that every time he'd go to see his grandfather. His grandfather would bless him as he left. And I really want to do that when my grandchildren are old enough to understand that. And my youngest just turned three years old in September, about a week ago, she turned three, and I think she's just getting, my oldest grandchild's just getting to that point. So we'll see how that goes when I go visit them at Thanksgiving time. But this is the blessing of Jacob uh, to his 12 sons. And so let's just go and see where this goes, because uh, as I said, this is, I, I think Jacob is just speaking the truth. I think he's forward-looking, he's backward-looking, he's just piercing dark and deep into each of his sons, and he's speaking the truth. So let's see what happens. So we're going to start in chapter 49, verses 1, where Jacob calls for his sons, and he says, gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in the days to come. So this isn't, this isn't just a blessing, it's also, I guess you want to even call it a prophecy, 
uh, of what he sees is going to happen and um, that God has given prophecies. He's sent angels. Uh, he's given dreams. He's communicated people to, to people directly in the, old, in the book of Genesis. I think this is the first time that we actually see a human giving a prophecy of what's going to happen. I, although Jacob, uh, Joseph interpreted a dream, but that's still a prophecy from God. It was just an interpretation. But this is like the first human prophecy of his sons or of somebody in the Old Testament. So this is Jacob kind of uh, telling what's going to happen in the future. Let's see what happens. Verse 2, assemble and listen, sons of Jacob, listen to your father Israel. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling, excelling in honor, excelling in power, turbulent as the waters you will no longer excel, for you went up onto your father's bed, onto my couch, and defiled it. So I don't know if you remember this, but this was, um, this actually happened, uh, when, um, uh, let's see, Simeon uh, made love to, I think, his father-in-law's, oh, what was this? Um, yeah, let's see. I actually have it here. I guess I could look at it. Uh, his immorality was with his father's concubine, Bilhah, the mother of his brothers of Dan and Naphtali, and recorded in Genesis 35. So um, Reuben... Um, did did defiled uh, his father's concubine Bilha, Bilha. and um, so that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, so he was the firstborn sign of strength, excelling in honor. But he did defile uh, his his concubine's couch uh, wife. He defiled the couch, and basically what that means, he's defiled his concubine. Uh, and so because of that, turbulent will be his waters and he will no longer excel. <clears throat> so if Jacob is, um, what is Jacob? 140, 150 years old. Uh, his sons are probably 100 years old themselves. So uh, they're getting very, very, very old themselves. Um, so this is a very unusual time frame for all of them. Um, and then he goes on to, uh, to the next one. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let me not join in their assembly. For they have killed men in their anger and hamstrung oxen as they pleased. Cursed be their anger so fierce and their fury so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel. So if you remember this, these are the two boys that went uh, and... Um, what do you want to call it? Their sister Dinah was raped by a king, a Shem, 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 Shemuel. I can't remember the name of the king. Uh, and um, the sons of the king came and raped Dinah. And so they went and killed the king's sons and basically went and killed everybody in the whole tribe, uh, which caused Jacob, he had to move because that he could no longer live in the land that he was comfortable living in because his two boys um, avenged, that's what I'm looking for, avenged the rape of their sister, Dinah. And so uh, basically what he says for you two, uh, you're, you follow the sword, but let me not enter your council and let me not join your assembly. You killed men in anger, so cursed be your anger, so fierce, the, curious, the fury so cruel, you're going to be scattered. Um, so it's interesting, uh, 
that this tribe is so large now. Jacob has 12 sons. They're all assembled, but they live in the land of Goshen right now, which is in Egypt. And um, <coughs> Jacob is not keeping the tribe together. He's going to scatter the tribe. Um, if the tribe had been smaller and if there had been one leader that could take the tribe forward, then the tribe could have stayed together. But because there are 12 headstrong sons, they're all going to be scattered. They're going to become their own tribes. Um, Abraham, the father of everything, uh, had he was the tribal leader. And then he had uh, Esau and Isaac, and they became a tribe. But then now you have Jacob and all of his sons is, becomes a huge tribe. Um, and they're not going to stay together. They're going to they're going to be scattered. As a matter of fact, um, if you look at the tribes of, uh, of Jacob, um, they are the ones that take over the whole entire Canaan. So Reuben is the eldest. He's over here on the east side of the Dead Sea. And then Simeon is down here near Beersheba. Levi, is a, they're, the, uh, they're the, pre the priestly class, so they don't actually get a tribe. Um, and then you have, uh, let's see, so we've talked about Reuben, Simeon, and Levi. So, and they are, if you'll remember, let's look at the 12 tribes of Egypt. We have Reuben as the firstborn, and then you have Simeon here as the secondborn, and Levi is the thirdborn, all right? So he's just given the blessings to those. And then we're gonna go back uh, and read. Starting in verse eight, he's gonna go to Judah. Now that's interesting because Judah, I don't think, is the next one, is he? Yeah, Judah is the next one. Okay. So, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hands will be on the necks of your enemies. Your father's son will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness who dares to rouse him, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. So this is a rather long blessing to Judah. Uh, and if you'll remember, Judah is in the line of Jesus. So Jesus is called the Lion of Judah. And if you look at the lineage, it all goes through Judah. So of all the 12 sons, it comes through Judah. And so uh, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub. You will return from the prey. I mean, this is all good stuff. The scepter will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. Who else comes from Judah? Do you know? Do you remember? Um, uh, King David comes from the Lion of Judah. So this, uh, this is also kind of foretasting to, to King David. So um, the scepter will not depart. So the first king uh, will, you know, goes through the Lion of Judah, second, and, and, and David goes through the Lion of Judah. So all of this... Um, is a huge blessing from Judah through King David and, um, and also Jesus. So this is a rather long blessing. Um, Judah, so, and if we just go back to the thing, Judah is between, Dinah happens between 
Levi and Judah. So there's Dinah, um, but she doesn't get a blessing, and then it's Judah. And then if we look and see where the Lion of Judah lives, it's right here, this green area. So Bethlehem is in Judah. Hebron, El Gedi is in Judah. Kadesh. Uh, but Jerusalem is not in Judah. Uh, even though uh, it's close, it is not in Judah. All right? So that is the blessing that goes to Judah. He will tether his donkey to a vine. He will wash his garments in wine. His robes, uh, his eyes will be darker than wine. His teeth whiter than milk. So Judah is going to have white teeth. Interesting. <laughs> kind of a nice blessing. You're going to have white teeth. All right. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Then we go to Zebulun. Uh, Zebulun will live by the seashore and become a haven for ships. His border will extend towards Sidon. Now Sidon is on the coast. Um, let's see where Sidon is. Um, where is coast of Sidon? Sidon is way up here. Yeah, it's in the coast. See that right there? Tyre and Sidon. These are, um, is that, but that's Asher. What the heck? Um, let's go back. Zebulun will live by the seashore and become a haven for ships. His border will extend towards Sidon. So it's not in Sidon, but it's towards Sidon. So and who are we on again? We're on Zebulun. All right, Zebulun right here. This little t tribe here is Zebulun. That's his area. And he's not on the coast. And he's not even near Tyre and Sidon. Well, he's closer to Tyre and Sidon, but his, his area is right there. The purple area, that's Zebulun. And Zebulun, now, uh, Zebulun is, is child number 10 from Leah. So he skips to Zebulun. Maybe he was the next tallest in line. I don't know. Um, and then we go to Issachar. Uh, Issachar is a raw-boned donkey lying down among the sheep pens when he sees how good is his resting place and how pleasant is his land he will bend his shoulder to the burden and submit to forced labor. Hmm. So that's that's Issachar. Now Issachar, uh, let's see if we can find Issachar here. Issachar is um, the number ninth child from Leah, the oldest sister. So Zebulun and Issachar are brothers, and they're all from Leah, but they're later um, after Jacob kind of births all these other ones. And then Issachar is here. So Issachar has Jezreel and Endor. So Zebulun and Issachar, who are brothers, they're young, they're like um, kind of brothers. They get this area, and they're north of Manasseh, which Ephraim and Manasseh, if you'll remember, are sons of Joseph. Um, all right, and they are brothers here. So Reuben and Simeon are the two firstborns. Then you have Levi and Judah. And then you have Issachar and Zebulun. I mean, you can see how those all go together and how these go together and how these go together and how these go together. All right, so let's go back and see. Uh, we are now in verse 16 with Dan. Dan will provide justice for his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan will be a snake by the roadside, a viper along the path, that bites the horse's heels so that its rider tumbles backward. I look for your deliverance, Lord. Hmm, interesting. So that's Dan. And Dan 
Let's see, find that Dan is, Dan is right here. This is the tribe of Dan, is right here. So he includes Jaffra, um, and he comes down and goes towards Jerusalem, but he's not in Jerusalem. And then if you'll see, Dan is then the son of Bilah. He's the fifth born, and uh, his brother is Naphtali. So you've got Dan and Naphtali. They're the sons of Bilhah, Rachel's servants. So he loved Rachel. That was his love of his life. Um, and so Rachel wanted to have children with Jacob, but he, she couldn't. And so she tells Jacob to have uh, intimate relations with her servant, Bilhah, and then he ends up with Dan and Naphtali. So that's... That's Dan. Uh, doesn't go to Naphtali at this point. Now we go to Gad. Now Gad, if you remember, is um, down here. The servant of uh, is the the child of Zilpah of Leah's servant. So you have Gad and Asher. Let's see what happens here. So Gad will be attacked by a band of raiders, but he will attack them at their heels. Asher's food will be rich. He will provide delicacies fit for a king. So that's Gad and Asher, of course, they're brothers. So he puts them together. And then he goes back to Naphtali. Naphtali is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawns. Interesting. So that's Naphtali, who's Dan's brother. And Naphtali, so Asher and Gad. There's Gad up here to the east side. That's Rabbah. Um, so we have... Asher, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, and Naphtali. We have Gad, Asher, and Naphtali. We have Gad over here. Asher is up here. Now that's where actually where Tyre and Sidon is. That's a huge area. And just so you know, this on this coastal area right here that starts here and goes all the way up, uh, Tyre and Sidon is a very cosmopolitan, it ends up becoming a very cosmopolitan area. This is rich in resources right here. Uh, anytime you're in the coast, it's rich in resources. But Tyre and Sidon have known for their rich, incredible resources. And there's Naphtali over here. So that's Dan, the town of Dan, Hazor. Uh, so King David actually is from Dan. That's where, that's where King David is from. So that's interesting. Um, and then Naphtali is, is a doe. Now Joseph, now let's see what happens to Joseph. Now he's one of the tribes, he doesn't get land. His land gets uh, split between Manasseh and Ephraim. So that, when you think of Joseph, that's all this area here um, is all there. So Zaphon, Sukkot, uh, Megiddo, you've heard of Armageddon, that's the, the town of Megiddo is right there. Uh, Bel, I, Shiloh, all this. This whole area, which is rich area. The t that, that's probably the richest area next to maybe Jerusalem itself. Goes to Manasseh and Ephraim, is to Joseph. And if you remember, Joseph is the son, the beloved son of Rachel. Uh, Jacob waited long, long, long time to get Joseph as a son. Um, so let's see what he gives to Joseph. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. With bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility, but his bow remained steady. His strong arms stayed limber because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you, because of the Almighty who blesses you, with blessings of the skies above, blessings of the deep springs below. 
Blessings of the breast and the womb, your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age-old hills. Let all the rest of the head of Joseph on the brow of the prince among his brothers. So this is a huge blessing to Joseph. Basically, God has blessed you among all of them, and you stayed steadfast in this whole time. You stayed steadfast. You're a fruitful vine near springs. You're growing. You're connected. Uh, your bow has remained steady. And God has been with you, the God of Jacob, the God of, um, of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. That God has blessed you. And your, your blessing has been greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age-old hills. It all rests on your head, Joseph. You have been blessed. And Joseph has been blessed because Joseph was the one that Jacob loved more than any of his other sons, but then he became the prime minister of Egypt. Uh, what a huge blessing he had. Uh, and then we're going to go to the last one, which goes to Benjamin. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning, he devour, devours the prey. In the evening, he devour, divides the plunder. So Benjamin, the youngest of sons, we'll go look at Benjamin, is right here. This is Benjamin, the youngest son uh, of Rachel. So he's very, very loved. And he gets the prized possession of all of them. Jericho, Jerusalem, Geba. This, it looks like a small area on the map, but this is a very, very powerful. Yeah, Benjamin right here. Benjamin is the, it gets gets an incredible, incredible blessing uh, of the tribes. Um, and then we're going to go, we'll just go ahead and read verse 28. All these are the 12 tribes of Israel. This is what their father said to them. And when he blessed them, giving each of them the blessings appropriate to them. So um, he gives a blessing to his sons, uh, huge blessings to his sons, Um kind of tells them how they're going to live their life. Uh, some of these are strange blessings, uh, and we could probably go and see how each of these blessings are fulfilled. Maybe we will do that. That'd be a fun thing to do. Um, interesting. I have to think. I'll ponder that for a second. Um, but the takeaway that I would like for each of you to think about is what blessing are you going to give to your children? Um, how are you going to bless your children? We always think about a blessing as being an inheritance. And there's certainly, a, you know, a, a monetary inheritance is certainly not a bad thing to give your children. But if that's all you're going to give your children, um, I would like you to reconsider because there is so much more that you can give your children. Um, you can continue to love them until, you know, until, until your dying breath. You can love your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Um, you can encourage them. Uh, you can give them a blessing every time they come by to visit you. Uh, you can you can put your hand over their heads and bless them. Uh, there's just and and as you get closer to the time where God's going to call you home, uh, it could be a time where you could call your children together and just speak the truth to them, uh, give them a blessing, love them, uh, tell them about God and how He has lived in your life. I mean, there's so much you can do as a blessing. And think about, just think about that. What would you like to give uh, to your children as a blessing? And how can, you, uh, how can you reinforce that blessing in their life? Is there an object you can give them? Is there a smell you can give them? Is there a place you can take them? Is there a picture you can give them? I mean, is there, is there a Bible you can give them? Is there a writing 
that you could write, that you could give them a letter. I mean, there's just so much stuff you could do as a blessing to your children. Just think about that and your grandchildren. Think about that. Um, we live in a very commercial society, and so immediately we move immediately to an inheritance, which, you know, there's, I know there's nothing wrong with an inheritance, um, but there's so much inheritance. First of all, an inheritance we spent <laughs> immediately, right? Secondly, it's just money. I mean, it, money is, is, you know, money can buy you things. There's no question about it, but it's just money. Um, store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. There's, there are things you can give to your children that will never, ever fade away or pass away, and they're not money. They're not inheritances. They're things like these blessings. So think about that. All right, so I think we'll end it there. A um, little bit long today. Uh, I really, really uh, enjoyed spending this time together with you. And uh, I, um, I just get so much out of this. So, uh, and, and today was a great day because I saw those deer. So I'm really excited about that. So I pray that God blesses you somehow on this day uh, and that he fills you with his love and his joy and his peace. Let's just pray. Dear God, thanks for this day. Thanks for those deer, God. That was such a blessing to me to see. Thank you for everybody uh, listening to this study. Uh, bless them and fill them for the rest of the day. Until we meet again, keep us in your grace. In Jesus' name.